Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Thanks for tuning in. If you need more information, just go to jentaylor.net, where I have everything at your disposal from what it's like to live as a mom to 13 kids to my podcast, public speaking, coaching, or purchasing my book. All in one place, jentaylor.net, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Today on Jen Taylor Rerouting, I have the privilege of interviewing Matthew J. Murphy. Uh, Matthew, how are you? Good, Jen. Thank you. You're welcome. So Matthew's website is enlightenmetoday.org. It's a really fun, the, the photography is beautiful. So at the very least, people are going to love that. It's, it's a beautiful website. And you're also the published author of a book called Remedy. You want to jump in and tell us a little bit about that, about both of those or separately? Uh, yes. Well, I, I could start uh, off something that kind of like gives overall theme and, and probably even from looking at your website with your running and all you've done, uh, just about choices. Because I, I was at a uh, conference last week in Montana and a pretty good conference, Redfield Express. I liked it. But when I heard uh, one of the, um, uh, the keynote speakers give this kind of message at the end, I was like, oh, wow, that, that is pretty great. But it's kind of a story because it was uh, one of the Greek kings, and he was wanting to do a lot of things, but uh, the oracle kept on giving different outlooks. You know, in their culture, the oracle, what they said, kind of went and kind of goes. So he's like, how can I prove this oracle wrong? So he was like, okay, I'm, I got the perfect plan to trick the oracle. And no matter what she says, I'm going to come out looking good and the people will listen to me. So what he did, he had a bird in his hand, you know, and he had pretty big hands, so it covered the whole bird. And he is like, if the oracle says the bird is dead, because he's going to ask the oracle, is the bird in my hand dead or alive? And he goes, if the oracle says it's alive, he's going to squeeze it real hard and drop it drop and, it. and prove the oracle wrong. And if the oracle says it's um, dead, he'll turn his hand up and he'll release the bird and it'll fly away, proving that it's alive. So he goes in there and the crowd's all around, all wondering what's going to happen with this outcome. What's the oracle going to say? So he proceeds up to the oracle and he has the bird in his hand and he goes, oracle. Is this bird in my hand, dead or alive? And she says, per your will. So, wow. And that's like with most of the things in our life, it's kind of yeah. you know, per your will, how you're, how you're going to look at life and, and what kind of uh, outlook you're going to have and, and also what choices you're going to make. So. so that is definitely a good intro to your story because I know a bunch about your story. So. You wrote the book, and I didn't have even have time to get your book before our interview. What did you go over specifically in the book? Okay, well, the, the book is, I mean, it's, it's, it's health-based, and, and it's how I overcame a major digestive disorder, an autoimmune disorder. It was, in my case, severe ulcerative colitis. I was hospitalized eight days with uh, the bleeding couldn't stop on me. Uh, the doctors had uh, no hope for me other than surgery to remove my entire colon. And I even tried alternative doctor. I ended up seeing eight doctors all together and it was all the same outcome. And I, and I kind of had this disease a little bit beforehand, but it, it kind of really got severe this last time to the extent where, you know, I was hospitalized for that long. And what, what I find and kind of is in my book is there's that mind, body, and spirit connection. And I think that it got that 
bad on the last one where it got that severe was because I had other items that were going on in my life. And when you have a problem of uh, resentment, condemnation, fear, those things manifest into your body. And I think that's what caused my condition to get so bad. But the big thing in my book is that I give hope because I did not go the doctor's route. And I would have what you would say in there of how uh, I overcame my condition because it's it was kind of like I have how horrible, but the doctor would say I'm in remission. But I I feel as though I'm cured or healed of the ulcerative colitis, and that's because on my second day in the hospital, Jen, I had uh, like a very strong intuition. And sometimes people will say, well, you have a strong intuition that sometimes the Holy Spirit talking to you. But it's almost akin to knowing, you know that this is going to work for you. And I had that on my second day in the hospital. So, but you can imagine my surprise when the seven doctors came in and then told me what was going, what really my condition was and that my colon could not repair itself at all ahead of me. So. Now, I have a curious question. Uh, because on your website, you show pictures of the inside of your colon as they took it, the bleeding, and then you show a picture of what a healthy colon, which was awesome, because I had no reference. People don't generally whip out pictures of their uh, ulcerite, you know, their their colitis attack. And so when I saw it, it didn't look good, but I didn't have a comparison. So you show a healthy one. Just out of curiosity, have you had any of yourself taken since then? Uh, no, I have. And, that would and, be super interesting. <laughs> uh, well, the re the reason I have it, and and you and if if your colon is that bad off, where mine was, uh, you're in uh, pretty much severe pain, and my entire colon was in that shredded state. So that's one reason I I haven't gone back. But the main reason is um, I have a high deductible insurance, and for me to get a colonoscopy, it's about sixteen hundred dollars or so. So if I ever have some other items where I can meet my deductible, I'd, I'd go ahead and and get another colonoscopy. It's not something that anyone is like gung ho to sign up for. Um. That I know to be true. I was just curious at, at, it would be, I know how you feel and I know how your body's responding now, um, but it would just be interesting to just see, you could be the before and after and during pictures, just you, you could be all of them. <laughs> okay, so you talked about um, where your head is at, kind of, where you're at with other things going on in your life. And so you had had actually two incidences prior to having this attack um, and being in the hospital. And one was a relationship ending. Correct. And the other one was a court. Did they have anything to do with each other? Well, the re relationship ending um, happened first. And then maybe with the... Uh, uh, leading into the court one, maybe, you know, my, I, I just was, uh, maybe that had me distracted and mentally for some reason. But emotionally, you're going through higher stress and physically your body, it just kind of deteriorated, even though, you know, you said you'd had some symptoms beforehand, but nothing that was major, but this, this whole emotional battle personally that you were having just took its toll on your body physically. Correct. Okay, so I'm gonna go back a little bit more because I know I read in an interview that you had, um, you weren't being raised eating super healthy. What, what year were you born? 1969. Okay, so you and I, I was born in 70, so we're the same age. So. That gives me a reference of kind of where diet was generationally. We ate like crap. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you were listing off like, well, I ate Twinkies. And, I, and I'm like, did we grow up in the same house? <laughs> <laughs> Not that 
people are doing a great job now because with the obesity rates, we're not, we're, we're not doing very well with diet, but you were not raised in a healthy environment. And then what happened when you were nine? I know that there was a switch, but why? What happened? Oh, that was with uh, my uh, mom. She, uh, I, I guess, joined a co-op and in that co-op, um, after a few months, I guess, talking with people, they started promoting like the, the green spaghetti noodles. You had the peanut butter with no preservatives, which, uh, you know, absolutely horrible. So that is how that happened. And she started buying those items from the co-op and bringing them home. And then I got forced on the kids. So it was kind of a, a, a big transformation. I was like, well, well, where's my ice cream? Where's my uh, Twinkie? Right. But the good thing, that was uh, um, put on me kind of at an early age. So did you start to, did that trend continue or did you go back to the ways of the Twinkie? Oh, uh, well, I was pretty good through uh, high school. And then when you, when you go to college, uh, you know, you kind of, your funding goes downhill. Yeah. And then the cheap foods, unfortunately, are the ones that are bad for you. So I kind of went back to that and, and it's kind of interesting now, you know, back in like the 1800s, the, the wealthy folks were considered the uh, kind of the obese plump people and the skinny people were poor. And now it seems to be kind of a role reversal, the opposite, because just because of the, the diet is, is so, is more expensive to, to follow. But I, I think you can do it cheaper if you, if you, Look hard enough or find the right places. Yeah, that's what happened in college. Yeah, so you kind of went off the wagon. Most of most kids in, that go into college, I mean, that's where the college 15 comes from. Um, things change. Even if you were raised with really great diet. I, I mean, I raised my kids to eat really healthy their whole lives. And, you know, one of our adult kids just called and she's like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm like, what are you eating? And when she told me, I was like, oh my gosh, who raised you? Why are you eating that? You need to eat. You're going to be, of course you feel like crap, <laughs> you know? And she was like, oh, because doing it with your parents or your family and doing it alone are very different things. Right. So uh, I know my kids as adults have had to kind of muddle through doing it their own way or finding their own yeah so okay so you you had you uh knew the difference between twinkies and um apples and uh but you had lived your adult life fairly healthy i i, I did except going into college and then also well there's probably a, a spurt of 10 years where I mean, overall, I was good, uh, you know, if not, you know, eating a lot of the uh, sugary items or that. I'm in, I'm in good shape, but also uh, I was in the military, active duty, overseas a lot. So that doesn't always give you the best diet options. Right. And what, how long did you serve in the military? I still am. I'm in the reserve still, but I was on active duty for probably altogether six years or so and then reserves after that time. Well, thank you for your service, first of all. So you having a crappy diet overseas allowed me to hang out here and complain about very mundane things. So I really appreciate that. So now, were you raised in a religious home? Uh, I, I was, but it, it was pretty much uh, the kind of standard go to church once a, once a week on Sunday. And uh, though, you know, every once in a while, I'd kind of feel um, like going to church on, on some other days of the week, but pretty much it was that one day a week or that one hour. And that, that, that is not, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say. It's kind of like, a process it's hard to to get to the point where you you would want to go more like like now even though i would say like religious a lot of religious is a lot of uh at some places is more rote and doctrine and following steps whereas maybe i am more along the lines of uh, spirituality 
more than a set religion. So even though I like going to some churches and, and attending, I overall it's I think it's like individually how you can relate. And, okay. Well, I respect that because I have a hard time. I always phrase it that I have a hard time finding a church that I fit into. And it's not because I'm trying to find one that believes what I believe or lets me break the rules I want to break. It's just really that um, internal peace feeling where you find a place that you click and belong. And sometimes that's hard. So, okay. So I'm going to go back and uh, you're in the hospital. Now, how tall are you? I'm five seven. Okay. And you got down to under 110 pounds. Right. I was probably 165 prior to going in the hospital. And uh, I mean, you might ask, why didn't you go in sooner, right? Because it took about uh, maybe a month and a half for me to lose all that weight, but it was pretty rapid weight loss. But I did, I was seeing a doctor and I, I was on some medicine, but it just wasn't working. And then when you start getting in that severe pain, then I ended up staying at home. And you, you kind of, even though I was calling the doctor, they're like, well, come back in, schedule for another uh, appointment. Maybe we'll adjust your medicines. And then, and when you're really bad off the way I was, and, and I kind of uh, relate to a story of uh, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, he's uh, World War II and one flying ace. And that guy almost died uh, a few times. Right? He had two plane crashes. He was in the Pacific uh, with sharks uh, for 24 days. But on one of his, he said, you know, when you start dying and, and you're kind of bad off, there's a point where you start feeling really good when you get the, the worst part of that off. And that's how I felt. I felt really, really good. And when my, uh, some of my family came to visit me, they're like, as they kept asking like for the, a week and a half because they hadn't seen me. And I, I kept saying, I'm feeling good. You know, I'm getting better, but I kept getting worse. And they're like, you are doing bad. I, that's a great point because I don't think most people, well, a lot of us haven't hit near death. And so um, it never occurred to me that you would start to feel better. I just think of it as this downward spiral. And yeah, like how did you get to that point and not do something about it? But I know because I've read um, a lot of the information that you have that you actually were, you were going into a doctor. You had massive amounts of steroids, is that correct? In the hospital. So uh, I was on like some of the standard medicines for a lot of these digestive disorders, they kind of follow a path, you know, they start you on uh, some medicines, you know, initially, maybe some treat the symptoms, some treat the, um, uh, relieve the pain, and then they kind of progress. And, you know, I was kind of on the uh, higher end of the progression medicines. But for, for some reason with these autoimmune disorders and kind of the doctors dispute on, you know, how they're caused or what causes them, stress or diet, you know, they're just not sure. But I kind of relate them to like, you know, people eating strawberries or peanuts, you know, who knows why someone's allergic to that and other people aren't, right? And I uh, go over uh, a lot of theories in my book as to why and, and, and different uh, studies they have done for these digestive disorders, and, and they all kind of make sense, you know, because even babies today, doctors are saying um, with the peanut allergy, they're like, well, start your babies early with little minute amounts of uh, peanut exposure, so they don't get the allergy later. Or maybe it has to do with breastfeeding, you know, there's, there's study people with my condition, digestive disorder, breastfeeds aren't as, uh, there's not as high as rate as bottle fed. Well, I have 13 kids and I breastfed for 11 years. So I just figure now I'm just saving all of my kids. So that's it. I've done my good deeds. I need to, you know, you need to walk out on top. All right. I've done it. Well, but that's true. And I, so autoimmune disease, if I understand it, or at least one that I know that a family member has, the body actually kind of starts attacking itself. Right. And, and I, I can't say for all of them, you know, because Parkinson's is one, but so I'm mainly focused on the ones with uh, 
that I, that I research with a lot of the inflammation, which is the right. Crohn's disease, the ulcerative colitis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis can kind of fall in that as well. And so I, I'm probably more familiar with the ones uh, that are with uh, inflammation. But um, yeah, the, the theories as to why they kind of vary with each disease or why they happen or why they come about. Doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. It seems like it's one of those things we can't quite pinpoint, but it does seem, I know a lot of them do seem stress triggered. And um, then the body just, instead of fighting against something, it kind of fights against, attacks itself. And it's really very scary. And you are, I mean, not that you're not correct, but you're correct. It happens really fast. So I guess the, the part of this that I didn't realize is that you hit a point where you actually felt so good. You're like, I got it. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, well, I guess it was kind of uh, twofold. I knew that I was doing bad because just because of, um, uh, the blood loss that, that I could see every day, but at the same time, you know, the pain wasn't as bad, and I guess something happens with your, your brain, or maybe some serotins get in there, and you start to feel better, so your yeah, kind of feels better. So, you're seeing a lot of blood. Right. I mean, you said pools of it. Right. And, and as you can imagine, I lost like 40 some pounds in, in what, a month and a half. But that was, and I wasn't eating very much either because that caused too much pain. So it was just drinking mostly. And, and it was still just, you know, I was just bleeding you know, so much. So. I cannot even imagine. So and in this, go ahead. That is one thing when, when you mentioned the massive amount of steroids, uh, that's the, the quickest route to get these, uh, uh, inflammation under control. And that's one good thing that the, you know, the hospitals and the dog talk about going the, the, an alternative route, but when you are in a critical condition, you know, I'll be the, the first one to, to uh, go for some help. And, and those doctors really did help me out, I think, to kickstart me and, and to stop that uh, onslaught. So I could go into my alternative path. Well, and I know, I know you did an alternative path and I love the alternative path and I want to get into that in much more detail. But initially, you're, if you hadn't started that, if you hadn't started that preventatively, if you hadn't seen the signs and realized something was up and done that preventatively, you, you would have at some point probably had an episode like this. So I think it's unfortunate with people that end up getting sick in any way and go an alternative route is that if they hadn't gotten sick, there wouldn't have been an alternative route because you wouldn't have needed it or you wouldn't have realized that what you were doing was doing such a good job. Right. So how did you hear uh, you're in the hospital, it's day two and in your, on your website and it's called enlightenmetoday.org. There's a lot of faith, and that's why I kind of asked you about your spirituality and religion, because we're all a little bit different, whatever your higher power is. You just really felt like you were being guided. This was a Holy Spirit guiding you that, yeah, you were in the right place, and yes, um, this, medic this medication that you were on the steroids or where you were at is where you needed to be urgently but there was going to be a different path. And that happened at like day two out of day eight. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. And uh, the reason uh, the hospital part with the steroids is important because it had to be done intravenously, right? And I also had to uh, intravenous IDs. But well, you're right, yeah, on that second day in, you know, I had that, that really strong feeling. And then it was kind of verified because – uh, one of my sisters that night, she had started making, and my my um, my kind of intuition was like, I'm going to be better. I don't have to do. Uh, I can, I'll be better. I'll be able to get out of here. I, I know what I need to do. And I was like, I need to leave. Right? That's what my mindset was because I had this. I don't know where it came from, but that maybe I saw it a long time ago or something. But it came like you know, this bone broth will help you out, Matt. And you know, even while I was in there. My sister had started making it for me. And I was like, well, 
my gosh, that kind of confirms it because it seems like when the Holy Spirit's helping you out, you're kind of provided for with what you need. I think that's part of faith too, is being open to receive and then allowing that to happen. So I loved reading that about how your sister was like, yeah, he needs bone broth. I'm going to start making it because it takes like three days to make. Right. And so she was already, she already had the pot on right. and you were getting the same feeling. How long did it take you guys to talk about that together? Uh, well, uh, I was bad off. So I, uh, they took me to a uh, specialized hospital, uh, uh, four hours uh, away from me. So she couldn't actually bring it to me. So it was kind of like a, a handoff session, you know, that sister gave it to my other sister who traveled up to the, to our really good hospital, uh, up at, uh, four hours from where I live. So it was, it was a, uh, you know, kind of caravan ordeal going on. So was the hospital encouraging you or allowing you to eat? Uh, their diet that they had, and there's not a good selection in the hospital, but what they had offered, and I, I, I don't know if it was intuitively me thinking of it, but I was like, I cannot be going to that food. And, um, and some of the food that I was given, I would just have the bad pains again after I had it. So, you know, it was like, meatloaf and uh and you had uh salmon and uh, and, all, and bread and coffee and i was like my and me thinking to myself i'm like well my colon's shredded i can't imagine stuff going over that so i was like in my to myself i need to be on a pretty much all liquid diet that was what my thinking was but there just isn't enough of that nutrients there that you can get that in the hospital so I did what I could. I mean, I did eat some hard-boiled eggs. I had like the oatmeal, and but I had a lot of the bone broth given to me, and then also people brought in uh, the Greek yogurt for me to kind of give me some nutrients in there. But no, if I did followed uh, what the doctors wanted, it'd be eating all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know how your system could have handled that at that point at all. I mean, you just think of having like the stomach flu. And after you have the stomach flu, you feel so trash and you may be hungry, but you don't really want to eat anything and you're afraid to eat anything. And you've taken that stomach flu up to like epic proportions at this point, like a, a near death experience. And they're like, have some meatloaf. <laughs> That's horrible. But I mean, when you list the things off, it's not like those items in and of themselves are not healthy or good or but definitely not for you. So you're thinking all liquid, you're going yogurt, you're going bone broth. People are bringing it to you now at this point, correct? Correct. Right. Because, because like, and the doctors want you to eat that stuff because, well, and, and also their outlook was I'm going to have surgery, right? That, that was their thing. So they wanted me to, uh, and that's probably, why they probably didn't care about it as much because they were like, you need to get energy, you need to build your strength up and get uh, um, uh, something in you because you're going to have surgery in eight days, right? Or nine days or so. And my thinking was, I'm not going to have surgery. I need to get healed. And my thinking was, this stuff isn't good for healing my colon because it's just irritating the stuff over. So the the surgery was actually scheduled. It wasn't. It wasn't scheduled. They wanted to schedule it with me. So I was in there on day two. Uh, They're going to do five days of uh, of uh, steroids on me, the IV steroids. Um, at the end of the five days of steroids, you know, I had another scope, and they said, "Well, it's still bad off. Yours is yours is down." Uh, the mucus lining is down where it can't be repaired by medicine. So you're going to have to have the surgery anyways. Because there was that hope that the steroids might kick something in. But they said, no, they can't do it. And uh, you have to have the okay. surgery. So on the last two days, that's when the doctors were pushing for me to schedule a surgery before I uh, left. And probably even on day three of the, the 
hospital stay there want me to start, you know, building my strength enough to have support. Wow. So when did you start feeling better? At what day did you start the bone broth and the, and the Greek yogurt? When did that actually start? I started that on my third day. So pretty quick, actually. Pretty quick. Yeah, it takes three days to, to make. My, my sister started making it on that first day. She uh, brought it in on that third day. I was having yogurt, maybe the, uh, some uh, protein drinks and stuff in, in the meantime. And one thing on that hospital, I will say, I did like this hospital because, you know, outside of the food and maybe, you know, the doctor pushing surgery on me, and, you know, and they're good doctors too. And, and what I did is not for everyone because some people, like the alternative doctor said to me, he says, you're really bad off. You got to follow what the uh, other doctor, because I drove four states away to see this alternative doctor to try to get some hope for some other method. He's like, you got to follow what this other doctor said. And he, and, and he is, yeah, I don't think uh, alternative stuff would help you. And he goes, uh, and like some people, you got to relate to what you can fit in your life. Because some people, just like that doctor said, he goes, I can't even get some of my patients to take one pill a day, let alone follow a, a change in your lifestyle. So, you know, you got to take that into account too. Because some people like having the surgery because it takes the pain away really quick. Well, I think sometimes, I mean, I've, I've done natural medicine pretty much my whole life. I had my babies. Babies were born at home with a midwife, but I didn't call them. Huh? My sister did that, and she loved that experience. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And it, it's a, I mean, so first it's even having the thought of doing something more naturally or holistically based. Mm -hmm. And then it's, do you have the constitution, like you were saying? Well, can you conform to that? Can you do that? And then it's the follow through. And every one of those, you have to be fully committed to that. But there are definitely certain times where I wouldn't have called my midwife or my naturopath for sure. Right. And so, I, I mean, I think there's balance in everything. It doesn't mean uh, allopathic medicine isn't right or good or the doctors aren't well educated or don't mean well or it's not right for a lot of people. It just means if you're that certain person that questions it and is willing to make a life change, then there are other alternatives. But that's interesting that you went four states to an alternative doctor who was like, nope. <laughs> okay, he said that. And one thing I will say is, is you don't have to go either or. I mean, you can go right. Because one thing I know, there, there, are, there are with my condition, there are these uh, medicines, the new classes, they're like biological medicines, right? Remicade, or, you gotta be on them for life. Or at least that's what they said with my condition. I would have to have been on them for life. Because one doctor said there might be a slight chance that might work, but he, he kind of doubted it. But I've talked to people on those medicines, and they start to feel bad towards the end of their month. And maybe if you combine some of the stuff like my bone broth and stuff, it would carry them over until their next uh, uh, Remicade drip or their Humira shot. So... And, you know, there could be a combination that would, you know, improve their lifestyle or ease their pain. I think what I love about, one of the things I love about your story is that you really had this prompting to go a certain direction. And not only did you have the prompting, but you, you listened and you followed it and you had people supporting you. And on your website, you said, faith without works is dead. You have to do your part which is true. Um, there's a joke about a flood and a pastor's praying to be rescued and a boat comes and he helps people get on and he keeps going and he's with other people and a boat comes and he helps them get on and this keeps happening and he dies. He drowns and he gets to the pearly gates and he's like, God, what happened? I asked you to rescue me and God said, I sent you all those boats. And I love that because sometimes we can be prompted to do the right thing, but if we don't actually listen and follow through it doesn't really matter right well yeah that is that is true and then also uh you have a lot of people who think you're crazy on this now in my case it took me about six months to completely get better right 
And, you know, I do other things now, like, you know, I go to fast food places and stuff like that now. I mean, not all the time, but, you know, so I'm not on this strict thing I was with uh, getting better. But there are people along the lines that are like, oh, you're crazy, right? You know, why don't you need to go back to the doctor? Because I was looking pretty sickly still for about uh, two months. And then also, um, at the one time, uh, I... I I think it was after two months and I, and I was just not seeing like a, a quick improvement uh, because I, I feel like mine was in a miracle a sense of getting better, but it was like a drawn out one. And I think it's kind of a better miracle because it gave uh, me steps that others could use to take to get better themselves. Right. And, and actual tools to use and actual uh, remedies that, that have been proven as opposed to, um, uh, have you ever seen that movie Miracle from Heaven? I think so. Has Jennifer Gardner in it? Yes, I have. Ah, okay. So I saw that movie because that girl had a very bad digestive um, uh, illness or disease. And she uh, was cured instantaneously, right? I mean, she went through a year of pain, but then she fell and something happened and she was cured. Amazing. Right. But it, it was a miracle, but she, boom, she was cured instantaneously. Where mine was kind of drawn out, but, you know, both, both, hers is a good story of like, hey, yeah, faith helps, it heals. And, um, but I think mine, mine is the same way, but it, it allows others to have a path to follow, or at least hope, hope to follow that they can get better. So now I did have one person who, who had told me, they're like, well, I don't know if it was that. It was probably just a placebo in your mind. And, and, you, and you know, well, okay. But even so, if that's a path and people have placebos that help them, you know, I, I would say, you know, having prayer, whether it's placebo or not, can help you get better. And there's even a book called uh, You Are the Placebo. And that, and a doctor accounts for many uh different medical healings that were done by what, what would be a placebo in people's brains. But I think prayer takes a placebo and suggestion to the next level, right? That's a great way to put it, actually. I really like that. So uh, you... Well, I look oh. at this like uh, for like placebos and suggestions, right? Okay, so this uh, aunt yeah. goes to her uh, nephew's house, right? And they're eating dinner and they're getting ready for bed. And he goes, aunt, would you like to have uh, some coffee? And she goes, no, uh, coffee has caffeine in it. It will keep me up all night. He goes, my dear aunt, this coffee, I assure you, has no caffeine in it. Um, so she drinks the coffee. And, oh, did I mess up the story? I meant nicotine. Anne had, had said uh, nicotine keeps her up all night. So her aunt, her nephew, who's a doctor, said, Aunt, I assure you, this coffee has no nicotine in it. So she drank it up and went to bed. But And she slept like a baby because she thought, okay, it has no nicotine in it. So it was a little deceptive, but the doctor was telling the truth. It has no nicotine in it. But what the aunt meant was caffeine. So since in her mind it had no caffeine in it because her doctor nephew said so, she slept it. I messed up the story. <laughs> it's still the same though. Basically, there's a huge power in suggestion. Uh-huh. And you're right. If you kind of think as the Holy Spirit is opening you up to a lot of suggestion, who and who cares? Who who cares how you come to it and if you believe it, if it works. In the end, it's all good, right? But actually. You did use bone broth, and, and bone broth has a lot of studies on it. So I beg to differ with the power of suggestion or the placebo. Um, where did you learn about the bone broth originally, and had you ever had it before? I had never had it before. Uh, I'm not sure where I heard about it before. My, my sister had told me she told me about it uh, years ago, and maybe that was in the back of my mind. And it, it wasn't just the bone broth that uh, got me better. I was also on um, an elementary diet that NASA uses uh, with their uh, uh, astronauts when they go into space because they don't want them 
they want their uh, digestive system to do the least amount of work and, and that was what i wanted to do so i was on uh that um and there's actually uh diet stuff you can buy for the elementary diet and then also i was on a natural anti-inflammatories so to take the place of the steroids that i was on in the hospital because i was like i still need to get rid of the inflammation because you can't heal unless your inflammation's gone so you must have had a huge learning curve. I did. I did have a huge learning curve. So. And how did you narrow it down to that anti-inflammatory? Uh, I, I, I think, and, and I, I kind of list a lot that I have in my book, but I, uh, but I list that of what I had used that I thought were the best. Because even in there, I, 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 my book, I go, you know, I probably took too many things, right? But I didn't have time to, in my condition, to be like, okay, I'll take this for three weeks and see how it is and kind of do some type of controlled study. But I feel that like 90% were, I can't kind of came across to them and, and that they popped up and appeared to me at the right time when I needed them. So maybe that's that kind of that Holy Spirit providing you stuff as you need it when it comes along. Right. And you being open to it, which you were, because at this point you don't want surgery. You're out of the hospital. You are very sick and you don't want to be, and you don't want to go back and you don't want to have to have the surgery. So here you are on this completely different path, huge learning curve, getting bone broth from your sister. Now on your, website you use chicken Correct. do you use beef also or what what was the reasoning behind that just out of my own personal curiosity uh i yeah i've done uh turkey before uh, i've done beef and i've done the chicken i just the chicken is just uh easier to use yeah. easier to make and i like it better than the beef and the turkey of course is um you know bigger and i mean the thing is when you make this stuff you have all that meat left over so if you did a turkey then yeah you're going to be turkey for like you know three weeks <laughs> in my family you eat it for a day and a half but yeah normal people wouldn't want to boil down a turkey i just wondered if it was just a specific taste if it was a cost issue if it was we have a butcher shop here in reno and it's very expensive to get the meat that's you, the bones um, that they encourage you to purchase for making bone broth. And they have them. I mean, they tell you, this is what you want to buy if you want to do bone broth. But it is cost prohibitive to go to that butcher shop and to get that meat that's the best for bone broth. And so I was just wondering what your, why that was your preference. But and it, yeah, and actually you can use fish bones too. What's that like? I don't know. That one, I've never tried. Okay. Well, I'm a little relieved now. All right. Yeah, I don't want to. I only try during Thanksgiving because all the bones are left anyway. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the only time I would use a turkey. Just And it is. It's because of how easy it is. How easy, how inexpensive, how much time and effort. And you have to have a massive crock pot for the turkey. So... You've been asked a lot of questions about the journey, and I imagine going, thinking back, I know you've been asked if you would change anything, although until you hit that bottom, which happened pretty rapidly, I don't know that you would even know to change something. Hindsight's great. You could have done something with your health before you got sick, but you didn't know you were going to get sick like that. Right. Well... What, what I, before when I had these things pop up a little bit, right, um, and, and, and I don't know, who knows on some of the things, because they kind of popped up after uh, my uh, military deployment. So I, you know, I don't know, I can't say for sure. Some people ask me if it's the vaccines you get when you go overseas, but I was looking at the VA studies and the VA studies have deployed people have a 25% greater uh, uh, rate of having a digestive disorder when they return. 
So maybe it is something, maybe it's the environment, uh, maybe it's the uh, cumulative effect of vaccines, I'm not sure. Um, that could be. So because you believe in that mind-body-spirit connection and that negativity in any way, whether it's anger, resentment, or fear, that all lends to that somewhere. They come out somewhere. And you encourage people to get rid of them mentally. And I, because I don't have your book, which is a disappointment before our interview, you talk about in your book how to overcome those difficult emotions to navigate through your mind body spirit connection and you relate it to gravity so in the physical world we have gravity and in the mind body spirit connection just to kind of flush that out what things do you do to reduce to minimize to eliminate stress or negativity in your life because people are going to cut you off not everybody is nice to you right what do you do and we can go outside of the book too i mean just any any examples you can give would be helpful okay well uh i mean just like you have a diet for your uh body you know there's also mental diets you can take and you mentioned the laws but you know there's laws of the, the mind there's laws of spiritual laws and there's laws of the uh body so i took those all three of those you know uh and that's kind of when you get into the spiritual sense. And <clears throat> I didn't have that before. Before I kind of got started getting into that more, maybe two or three years before I got sick. Probably the last time I went overseas with the military, I started getting into that more and, and more in tune with that. But it, it, I kind of went headstrong into it after my uh, breakup. So my breakup and then that court case is what where I really kind of got focused on it. And whereas like, oh, you know what? Prayer can lead to the demonstration that you want, okay? Now I take that though with these laws, like, you know, praying all you want isn't going to negate the laws of good health or, right? So, I mean, you can be uh, smoking and then pray all you want, but why is God going to override you you know, negating the laws of good health or, or some people got the same with like the law of gravity, you know, if, if, if that happened, then everything would be chaotic in life if these laws didn't exist. Cause someone would be like, I'm going to walk off the building, but I'm going to pray about it. So I'm not going to fall, you know, but so it'd take away the law of gravity. But uh, yeah, I use these, um, the biggest ones in, in this uh, author, he's not around anymore. He died in like the 1950s, but Emmett Fox, uh, his Sermon on the Mount book and Alter Your Life, those are, are really good books for um, being able to, to kind of uh, learn about uh, a mental diet or the, you know, the golden rule with your mind and also being able to uh, have your prayer turn into an actual demonstration. So those were good. But the men, the laws, uh, there's all kinds of mental laws, but the ones I used was the uh, law of substitution and the mental equivalent. So those, those if, you, if you don't, on, on the simplest term, uh, God, maybe, uh, how, how could I kind of explain this? Uh, okay, well, say, say you, ha you have a stressed out husband, right? And, and, and he's trying to provide for his family. And all he can think about all day long is, you know, the bills and how he's going to pay for some, you know, little Johnny school or something. So um, he worries about that. And then he goes to bed at night. He wakes up in the morning and he's worried, you know, and he's leaving to work worried. But then on his uh, subway ride, he pulls out the paper and there's his fantasy football. Right. And then for the next 20 minutes, he's focused on that. And all his worries are gone. Right. So, I mean, some people call that like living in the now or meditation and it, it depends what you focus on. But if you, but that same, that same concept of changing your focus, if you, if you focus on prayer and, and God, that, you know, that's essential, essentially like 
you know, your spirituality. It's, it's instead of focusing on fantasy football, maybe you're reading um, some type of biblical passage and kind of meditating on that. So I think that helps. But it's taking your your mind off your problem and focusing on what the outcomes will be. So for me, my, my colon was all shredded and stuff. But what I was always thinking in my mind every day, even in the hospital, I was just that picture of that heel colon. That's what I was just thinking of in my, my mind. And I, in, and it was not just thinking of it, but I was like being happy and I was expecting it. So, and, and people might be thinking, how can you do that? Um, and, and, it's also training. I, you know, I didn't go into this just like I had my court case and I, and I was the same way with my court case. But it's just like, you know, if you're getting a house, okay, you're going to be, look at the architect's diagram, right? And then you and whoever you're getting the house with are going to be all happy or look at this, our bedroom, and all that, even though it's not built yet. You, you have it all imagined in your mind. Right? And that's what I kind of did. And that's what the law of substitution is, taking that a bad thing and substituting it with something good. And I do have a couple exercises to make that a little easier or to relate to people a little better. But it, it, uh, but it does take a little practice. I like the house analogy. That was great because you're right. We do that. So just changing that to something else, that's fantastic. And we were of the era where, remember, we used to cut out magazine pictures and put them on a board. It was your vision board, and you had, and now we have Pinterest. Um, yeah, same thing. Yeah. What's that? Digital vision boards. Right. right, but they're great, and you can find anything. You're not limited to your magazines anymore. It's awesome. Yeah. But it's that thing where you visualize where you're going, not where you are or where you're stuck or where your issue is, but you're visualizing where you're going to be. And you just did that, you did that with your health. Yes. So I love it. Okay, so I have a, I have a couple questions now. One is, you went through this pretty bad breakup. How happy are you now that the breakup happened? Uh, well, um, of course, I wouldn't want to go through that again, and I wish that would have never happened, but it did kind of prompt me on a, a, a learning path, and, you know, I mean, you can't really develop yourself without a challenge or a, a change to take place. I mean, I would have preferred it would have been a different type of challenge or change, because you know, just the kind of the heartbreak and everything involved, but that's how you that's yourself and, and how you lead to a better person is through uh, change and overcoming challenges. Same with my court case, you know, I wouldn't have run that happened, but you know, it gave me a challenge. I was able to overcome it and, and have a change as a result. So if you looked at the trajectory of your life, even before, after the breakup, even after the court case, if you hadn't gotten sick and the trajectory because you did become so sick, how different do you think your life is now? Well, if, if I didn't have uh, the, the studies on this spiritual path that I had before and, and, and kind of that breakup and that court case kind of, you know, solidified those and, and, and made me... Uh, well, especially my court case made me, you know, that that's where I had that big demonstration of my prayers, you know, boom, all of a sudden the court case went away and it was gone. And I do kind of, even though it's not health related, I can't help myself, but I kind of put a little part in the book because if people think that they can't be a uh, uh, in the court system, even if they're good, there's like 780,000 some regulations and more being added every year. So you can inadvertently be caught up in, in something that you didn't even know was uh, uh, an issue. And USAA just did a study that, you know, people commit like three crimes a day and they don't even know about it. So, well, one example, my really good friend, 
she just had the city getting on her because she had a, a small kiddie pool. But unbeknownst to her, she needed to have a, a permit for it. So, and, and the pool comes up to 19 inches, so it's not high, but it has to be 12 inches or less to not have the permit. So, if you let that go for, you know, long enough, it could be a misdemeanor. So, that's just like one of my examples. You, could, you can encounter one of these issues without thinking anything happened just because you don't know about it. just the sheer amount of regulations that there are. and and the reason I bring it up in my book because this affects you health wise because some of these things can stress you out the more they are put on you but then the, all these regulations are also in our our health system that can frustrate a person if they're in the hospital even trying to figure out your bill or, or anything all right, or what doctor you can see or can't see. Yeah. Yeah, it's a catch-22. Now I'm wondering how many laws I break without knowing it, which is really not very fun, because if I'm going to break a law, I want to at least know that I'm breaking a law. Well, I don't, feel, I don't feel very rebellious. <laughs> so maybe you can agree today. I don't know. We, we <laughs> so you're, I mean, you wrote this book, uh, what is the easiest you can buy the book or the link is on your website right the link is on my website I have, I have a little book tab so it's it's paperback and uh, also ebook and if you want to read the first like chapter and a half you can go to uh, Amazon and there's there's a option on Amazon yep. where you can say I, I believe it says read for free or and it, they'll let you read the first chapter yep. and uh, uh, for free. Uh, this was like this was a, a, an experience or a, a learning. Like I said, another challenge was to write the book and to um, and get it out there. I, I did learn a lot. I, I probably would go a different route uh, for publishing a book because uh, I would have liked to have more control on the pricing and, and be able to uh, give it away to folks to help. But uh, I didn't know a lot of this stuff before uh, going into it, but it was a good experience. Um, and I probably have an, another other couple books in me, but it was just getting past that first thing to do, you know, because it seems like a daunting task. Well, 85% of people who want to write a book or start writing a book never succeed. And I'm an author also. So, I, and with one book, so the learning curve is enormous just in the book part, not even the writing part. So I understand why 85% don't get them out there because it's a pretty daunting task. But once you do it, you're like, oh, I, I get it a little more now. Yeah, so yes, that's true. And then like, you're like, on your next one and my next one, it'll be like, it'll be so much easier and probably be able to get to a better, a better route for, uh, distributing people, but yeah, yeah, it's on my website, and yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Zulon Press, uh, uh, your bookstore can order it for you if need be. Okay, and that definitely, I don't think you would have written a book called Remedy if you hadn't gone through the illness that you uh, write about curing, so that's pretty exciting, and then it's Super easy to find you on enlightenmetoday.org. A lot of the information about you is on there, resources. So what are you doing with the website as far as, are you coaching? Are you taking clients? What, what are you doing? Uh, well, uh, I've helped a couple people out, uh, you know, actually going to their house for making uh, the bone broth or, or, or helping them. Uh, like one in particular was, a friend's family member was pretty ill and uh, they were really bad off but it was kind of another condition and uh, they're they're elderly so going downhill but this that gave them uh, a lot of relief and at least gave them some energy towards the later uh, parts of their life so that helped when whereas before they're kind of miserable uh, without it so i helped them i i um, have helped uh, three or four other people just by emails and by and by phone. So I, so, I have to reach out to people uh, and help them. And you do have the recipe for the bone broth, which once people know that bone broth exists, 
you can this is a great recipe they're all the ones that i've read are all very similar and it's not hard it is time consuming and it is amazing and you have a section on your website where people can sign up for a consultation uh, if they want and and really uh, th there's a part where you can contact me you know because i'd do it for free but uh I have that on there too. Right. And you do say that you're not a health authority, but you did figure out how to make this work for you, navigate your illness, the road to recovery. So how long do you feel, have you felt great? Uh, I have felt great. It was March. Uh, I went in the hospital, October, 2015, March of 2016 is when I've, I was feeling uh, the hundred percent, so about six months. So since March of 2016, and although I say I am not a health authority, I do come from a health family. My mom's a registered nurse, and my dad's a doctor. And um, and he, my dad, being a doctor, was one of the uh, advocates against me because he was like, "You you can't be doing this. You got to stay in the hospital and have surgery." And he's like, and he's kind of uh, distraught about it. He's like. What are you doing? You gotta listen to the doctors. You're so bad off, right? Uh, How has that been with him since then? Because it's been over two years now. I I think oh, it kind of opened his eyes, and he's like, "Wow, you know this this was something that he can't explain." And uh, I think in doctors' minds, it's usually. Uh, uh, what they call a spontaneous remission. I, I, I think given their training and all that, it's hard to accept. But my mom is like, is more on the lines of me. You know, that was uh, Holy Spirit, you know, guided you and got you better. So then you have those two di uh, different perspectives. I think my dad wants to kind of believe that, but he has this kind of scientific mind on the other thing. And uh, I can't really explain how I got better. Um, so... Medicine likes to have an explanation. It does. And yeah, and I don't blame them, but uh, because it's hard to, to, to grasp that unless you, unless you kind of study it and, 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 uh, and take the time to uh, commit yourself to it a little bit each day. Otherwise, you, you probably will never understand. It's just like any other subject. And sometimes you just have to be okay with not understanding. <laughs> yeah. So what's on the horizon? What's next for you? You do consults. You do. You're very open for people to talk to you. You have the book. You have the website. What's next? I, I think ultimately what I would like to do for this is uh, is to make a documentary. And my ideal would be to link up with is to be able to link up with uh, uh, someone called Ty Bollinger because he did a documentary on the truth about cancer and kind of alternative means uh, to get better from cancer. And I'd like to do a documentary on digestive disorders and uh, getting better from those and kind of tell my story. And also I have in my book, it's probably too much to go into here, but there's already some means to uh, that have been used before to get rid of uh, or help people with these, but the, the doctors aren't allowed to perform unless you have C. diff. They're allowed to perform them for C. diff. But outside of that, you know, it's like, why, why can't the doctors use this for other digestive illnesses? But it's, they're just not allowed uh, right now in Canada and United States. Yeah, of course you can go to another country and do it, but, um, but, there, but there's that and there's some, some other things that can be done that are just not allowed. So it's kind of disappointing and I'd like to get that information out to people in a documentary. And then uh, I would, if I could do it uh, cheap enough, I'd like to make my own uh, brand of bone broth to, to provide to people because there are some options out there you can purchase. Because like if I make mine myself, maybe it's uh, you know $20 for 10 quarts which is, is a lot, you know, that's a, that's a big pot of bone broth. But if you're, if you are not doing well and you don't have someone to help you make it and you, you can buy it from other companies, I just don't think they do it as well. And a lot of the herbs I put in 
are anti-inflammatory and and some are uh, in there the why I pick them is is your proposed kind of suggested that they might help your healing process and but if you get them online they're expensive so 16 ounces could be like twelve dollars you know one kind so if I could find a way to make mine and get it out there cheaper for people to use because I'm sure there's a lot of people who uh, see that stuff online, but they can't make it themselves and just off not to do it because it's too expensive. And they can't make it themselves cheaper because they're, maybe they're too sick and they don't have someone to help them. Wow, good goals. I like it. Thank you so much, Matthew, for taking your time. Again, you can find Matthew on enlightenmetoday.org. Buy the book, contact him, get in touch, and I'll have all that information on the show notes. But I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thank you, Jen. And, and um, uh, I was going to send you an a, a ebook of my, because uh, I think I can do that on uh, uh, Amazon. I was going to send you a. Oh, yay. I can send it as a gift by your email. So. I accept gifts. Okay. I love <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I'll send that out to you today and, and hopefully that uh, makes it away through electronically. Too. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon. Hello, my name is Warrior Princess. Or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.